it looks like it barely made it through World War II, and I'm thinking, it's got to be safe, right? They wouldn't let us fly on this plane if it wasn't safe. And I don't know where my mother channeled this energy, but she looked at Mrs. K and said, Hey, Mrs. K, I have something to say. Marshmallow structure, we gonna make it today. Hey there, and welcome to Grit, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story, and the people that craft and tell them. Today, I am joined by Richard Munchkin and Shivani Nadaraja, both very good storytellers. And today's stories are no exception. They are both very, very funny, and they both won slams. Richard won the Six Feet Apart Productions Virtual Slam in December. He also told it at Story Jam's Open Mic in Chicago back in October. Shivani won the Boston Moth in December with this story, and she also told it for stories from the stage. Our goal with the podcast, well, we want to feature stellar tellers and their stories, and we want to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories, personal stories, grit stories. Now, if you'd like to help us out, well, just keep doing what you're doing. Listen to the podcast. Let people know about it who might like it. And if you would, you can share it on social media. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review it. All of those things help, and we really appreciate it. Check the show notes for all of our upcoming stuff, including The Flash this Sunday, which is a little improv and a little story and a whole lot of courage. And then the following Sunday, Season 5, the 99-second story, Grand Slam. I hope you can join us at one or both of those. They're going to be a lot of fun. Okay, without further ado, Richard and Shivani, let's dive in. I'm in the Frankfurt Airport. It's 1990. The Berlin Wall has just come down. And I see the sign. It says Warsaw. Lijak. The wall is down. I'm going to Poland. And I get to the gate and there's this lovely young woman, Elsbieta. And she was just at the counter where I bought my ticket, but now she's here at the gate. And she says, ticket, please. And I show her the ticket and she says, you're going to Warsaw. And I say, yeah, you just sold me the ticket. And she says, we'll be boarding soon. So I, I wait. And a few minutes later, they call the flight. And now I go out onto the tarmac and this plane is tiny and it has propellers. It looks like it barely made it through World War II. And I'm thinking it's got to be safe, right? They wouldn't let us fly on this plane if it wasn't safe. And I head up now into the plane and there's Elsbieta again. And now she's the stewardess. And I make my way to the seat, to my seat, 12A, which turns out to be the last row. And I like to sit in the front. I'm all the way in the last row and I sit down and apparently the guy across the aisle from me feels the same way because he gets up and he moves to the front and Elspieta immediately stops him and says, oh, sir, you must go back to your seat because, you know, the balance. And I'm thinking the balance, we have to balance the plane. Am I going to crash us because I'm sitting on the aisle instead of the window where I was supposed to? And I'm starting to sweat. So I reach up for the, the little nozzle for the air, and I look, and it's not a nozzle, it's a bolt. I don't mean it looks like a bolt, 
I mean, if you go to Home Depot and say, I'd like a bolt, that is what they give you. And I am not about to start unscrewing bolts on this plane that looks like it's already falling apart. And next to the bolt, there is a button. And somebody has written a long Polish word in pencil on the button. But I look, it's not really a button. Like, I don't think you can push it. It's just like a piece of plastic. So I push it and nothing is happening to it. And immediately Elzbieta is there. And she says, Mr. Gentleman, do you need something? And I, I say, no, but how, how did you know that I, and she said, because you pushed the button. And I said, how did you know I pushed the button? It doesn't push. It's not a real button. And she says, I watch you. And I said, but how would you know if you weren't watching, if I push the button, if I need something and you're not watching? And she looks at me like I'm a child. And she says, Mr. Gentleman, if you need something, just push the button. And now she goes back, I assume to fly the plane as well. And now we take off and it starts raining like crazy. And the plane is bouncing up and down and I'm white knuckling it. And eventually we land and all I can hear on the speaker is, ladies and gentlemen, wash the wash the wash the wash the wash. It's like white noise. And the plane is fishtailing back and forth of water spraying up over the wings and finally, we come to a stop, and I thank God we're alive. I get off the plane, and I look, and there are cows grazing along the runway, and there are no fences. And I'm thinking, what if a cow walks in front of the plane when you're landing? Because if a plane hits a cow, that plane, I'm betting on the cow. I go into the airport. It's the size of a 7-Eleven. And there's no bags and there's no conveyor belt. And there's just a guy at a podium. And I say, where are my bags? He goes, outside. So I go back outside. Here's a guy in the back of a truck throwing the bags off, trying to hit the biggest puddles he could find. And my bag isn't there. And I say, where's my bag? And he says, let me see your ticket. I give him the ticket. He says, well, your bag went to Warsaw. I said, I thought this was Warsaw. He says, no, this is Gdansk. I say, wait, right now I run back to the plane. And as I'm running out on the tarmac, suddenly there's a Jeep, a green Jeep with soldiers and green uniforms with machine guns. And I run up the stairs of the plane and here's Elzbieta. And she says, you have ticket? I say, yes, you sold me the ticket. She says to Warsaw. I say, yes, Warsaw. And now Ivan the Terrible has come up from the Jeep with his machine gun. This guy has KGB written all over him. And he looks at me and he says, if you're going to Warsaw, why did you get off in Gdansk? And I said, I thought this was Warsaw. And everybody on the plane starts laughing. And I know what they're saying. They're saying, did you hear about the American? How many Americans does it take to screw in a light bulb? They decide I'm okay. They let me go sit back down. We take off. An hour later, we get to Warsaw. The plane lands. I'm relieved. And Elzbieta comes back. And she says, Mr. Gentleman, you see, Warsaw is a big city. Look out the window. And I look out the window. And indeed, she's right. It's a big city with tall buildings. They're just beyond the cows that are grazing along the runway. Thank you, Richard, in Las Vegas, Nevada, for that exceptionally funny story. Next up, 
Ms. Shivani in Waltham, Massachusetts. Enjoy. I grew up in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. And I remember when I was in kindergarten, my mom came to pick me up from school one day and she saw that I was so upset. And she came up to me and she says, hey man, what's wrong with you? Why are you all sad? And I said, everyone made a marshmallow structure and I didn't get to make a marshmallow structure. And so my mom was like, why you don't make a marshmallow structure? And I said, I went to my special class. My mom grabbed me by the arm, dragged me to my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. K. And she was like, why she don't make a marshmallow structure? What is a special class? And Mrs. K frazzled, looked at my mom and said, Shivani is such a quiet kid. We thought she didn't speak English. We've been putting her in English as a second language. And at that moment, my mom heard English as a second language. You don't think she speaks English. And there's no marshmallow structure. And I don't know where my mother channeled this energy, but she looked at Mrs. K and said, Hey, Mrs. K, I have something to say. Marshmallow structure, we gonna make it today. Because she speak English, she speak English, she speak English. She speak English, she speak English, she speak English. And you better believe we made a marshmallow structure that day. But as I came home after school and was shoving my face full of artificial sugar marshmallowsness, my mom grabbed me by the face and said, you know what? I'm not always going to be there for you. So you have to speak up for yourself. You have to tell people who you are. You know, we lived in Canada for quite some time. Until I was 13, in fact. And then one day, my dad came home and he said, Guess what? We are moving to Alabama. And I was like, what? I haven't watched Forrest Gump enough. And I remember on my first day of school, eighth grade, Auburn, Alabama. And out of all the clothes to wear, I decided to wear my favorite, the most popular piece of clothing that you could wear. And that was Adidas tearaway pants. You know what I'm talking about? Buttons on the side, always ready to rip off at any point when you needed to. They were the hottest item in Canada. So there I was walking into my school thinking I was so hot to trot. And then I realized it was August and it was Alabama. And I was wearing thick Adidas tearaway pants. And unfortunately, I didn't have anything but panties underneath. So the novelty of tearing them off was over. So I was that sweaty kid on my first day of school. I walked into the cafeteria and although the school wasn't segregated, there was definitely white tables and there were black tables. And I thought to myself, one of these things is not like the other. 
one of these things is not like us. And then I saw the kid, little Asian kid, sitting by himself. And I thought, hey, man, he's going to be my new best friend. We both have smelly lunches. And so I sat down next to him. And of course, my mom decided to make a curry potato sandwich. And as soon as I opened the corner of that container, this little Chinese kid looked over and said, who opened a can of bahal in here? It's a rough, it was a rough time. It's a rough time. But I got used to the South and I, I lived in the deep South until this past year. And I got a job and it was in Massachusetts. So I decided, you know, I'm, I'm single. I, I, I don't have kids. If there was ever a time to take an adventure, here was it. And so I traveled up and I moved to Waltham, Massachusetts during COVID at 35 and single with no kids. It's lonely, y'all. It was super lonely. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was just trying to reach out and, and meet people. But people wanted to see people that they hadn't seen for years. They weren't trying to make new friends. And then a little memory came into my mind of my mom saying, Hey, Mrs. K, I got something to say. Marshmallow structure, we go make it today. And I remembered, people don't know who I am here. They don't know the, the comedy, the charisma, you know, the, the memories of the Deep South. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to put myself out there. And I found a Facebook page for Watham residents. And I posted a short comedy reel of myself. And I asked, are there any comedy open mics in the area? And for a minute there, before I hit submit, it was like I was sitting in that cafeteria with my curry potato sandwich container ready to open the corner. Fingers crossed that once I hit that button, no one would have said, smells like a can of bahal. And luckily, they didn't. Instead, I found a South Asian fellow storyteller who reached out to me and told me all the wonderful things that Massachusetts had to offer, like stories on the stage. And that's how I got here today to share this story with you. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support and special thanks to Mr. Richard Munchkin and Ms. Shivani Nadaraja. Thank you both very much for telling those stories and allowing me to use them on the Grit Podcast. Both very, very funny. Check the show notes for all of our upcoming stuff, including Flash and the 99-second story Grand Slam Season 5. That is all for episode number 60. Boom.